This episode of The Morning Skate is brought to you by Hockey Fights T1D or Type 1 Diabetes. Registration for the fourth annual Fall Freeze, a draft-style charity hockey game hosted by Hockey Fights T1D is now open. If you are interested in a fun afternoon of hockey and fundraising for Type 1 Diabetes, please join us on September 30th at the New Hartford Rec Center. For more information or to register, please visit them on Facebook or at HockeyFightsT1D.org. On! You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Welcome back, September 5th. We got Ked here. I'm with Hal. Hal, say hi. Close your door and say hi. Hi. Uh, fair enough. Uh, sorry for the lack of podcasts. Over the last couple weeks, we've been filming a promo video. Hal's sister's gotten married. Just a lot of shit's been going on, so we've been super busy. But we have been working on a lot of shit, so don't think we're trying to ditch you. Shout out to Cousin Eddie. Big, big fan, big follower. We appreciate you. Uh, how and there's nothing really. There's nothing really going on. It's been slow. We have some topics today, but yeah, that's why. That's why this podcast is entitled "Wake Me Up with Some Tepper Ends." And actually, we'll get into a little bit of that later with the Maple Leaf Scout. But uh, yeah, how how what are you? Uh, how are you feeling, man? I'm all right. I'm itching for hockey. You got the captain practices. You got. I don't know. You just got those late lingering deals that haven't been done. It seems like. We're on the cusp of the come-up of the NHL season. I couldn't be more excited. No, 100% for sure. Uh, again, we got that promo video coming out. I don't. We're probably going to release that once it gets a little bit closer to hockey. So when we do release that, make sure you share that on every single thing. It'll be on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. If you don't share it, you're dead to me. Just leave me alone because we, we did a lot, and we did a lot of really stupid shit during it. So we'd appreciate that. Let's... Move right along to NHL in the news. I got to be awake tomorrow morning, so let's get after it. Uh, first, first things first. Matthew Shane, no call, no shows. His first captain's practice uh, with the Colorado Avalanche. Clearly a hard on move. Putting his dick on the table and telling Sackick, "Hey, you can suck right on this thing." Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, my first question though is like, define no call, no show. Like, don't a lot of players like slowly show up? Like, I know. Marshan today was his first day at Bruins. Uh, captain's practice has been going on for two weeks, but he was like hunting in the woods. So, like, what is what's up with like if you look at the Rangers? Does everyone pretty much show up? Yeah, I haven't heard anybody not showed up. Uh, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe this is being made into a bigger story than it actually is. But in the back of my mind, I really hope it's just Duchesne telling Sackick, "I've had enough of your stuff. Like, I want out." Yeah, I mean, I it's tough because like I want. One side of the coin, you don't want to rush into it when you've been treated like shit for two years. And you don't owe management shit. You don't own the organ- owe the organization shit. They've treated you like shit. But my thought process is even though you don't want to be there and you're a good hockey player, you still kind of owe your teammates shit. That's the other side of the coin. Like, you're the worst team in the NHL. 
but you have guys that are on the third and fourth line that are probably like going to be AHL players. Like, just think about guys like I don't even think these guys are on the team, but like Michael Haley or like any guy like that that's probably trying to get a like a roster, spot. like a Tanner Glass in Calgary, kind of. Yeah, like this is their fucking life on the line, and this is their dream. And one of the best players, somebody that they probably look up to in the locker room or just as a hockey player in general isn't showing up. I don't think that's the best look. And if I was, like, a fourth liner, I wouldn't really have respect for that because I get it's a shitty situation, but, like, play for the boys. You think you think the guys in the room, like, don't understand? I feel like I would understand if I was on – again, I'm not a professional athlete, but if I was on a team where our star player just got kind of dicked around, he's being traded, he's not being traded for the past two years, and then, I mean, I would be – I wouldn't be upset. I think I'd be more understanding than anything. I'd be like, I kind of get yeah, that. Yeah, I guess that. I guess that's fair. But at the same time, I'd be like, you know, come pack a lip about it, bud. Fair enough. You know what I mean, let's drink, drink a couple cold ones in the parking lot after practice, and maybe we can get this hash out. Because you're right. I'm sure the guys on the team know that he is being dicked around. It's, it's a it's a shitty situation. Yeah. Good call, yeah. Maybe go, maybe go to the weed store. You know, Colorado, they can do that shit. So. All right, moving on. Uh, wow, this is a doozy. Andreas Athanasiu, I think I nailed that, has a big contract dispute in Detroit right now. Uh, Drager said signs point to him going to the KHL. I don't know what the fuck Detroit's doing because he, other than Larkin, like he's one of the most electric guys on that team. Uh, he's fast as fuck. I'd love him in blue. Um, if I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan, you went from seeing, I mean, fuck. You had Eiserman, Draper, Malpe, uh, Lidstrom, Ch- uh, Chelios was on the team for a bit. You, you went from fucking being pretty much the Yankees, I guess, like the, the late 90s Yankees where you knew you are always going to kind of be in there, to just kind of like a joke now. And, I, I mean, what do you have on this? I think it's bananas. If I was a Detroit fan, I'd be pissed. Yeah, who's GM or executive? Was it Ken Holland? Yeah, Holland. Yeah, so... I feel like for years everyone's been like, oh, Ken Holland's like the best executive or like front office guy in all of sports, blah, 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 blah. He's had this great reputation. That dude should have gotten the fuck out because he should have seen this coming. Like, yeah. They're calling for his head now. It's a dumpster fire. People aren't going to remember everything he's done for that organization. They're just going to remember the fact that he left it in shambles. I mean, whatever, dude. If you want to go to the KHL, knock your socks off. He kind of plays like Maxim Afenogenov, so I can see him flying around there like a pussy. Just has to hope somebody like John Rasty still isn't in their lineup trying to bash heads. I mean, it's a career killer for him. You gotta... I guess his hope is what? That they're gonna trade him with this possibility? Is that what he's trying to get out of this? A contract or a trade? I have no idea, man. I We've talked about this before. Normally it's with Russian guys. I think that's such a soft fucking pussy way out where you don't get your way and you're going to go to the KHL. Like, we just talked about Duchesne holding out on his contract, not going to camp and shit like that. I don't think Duchesne's going to be like, hey, I'm going to the KHL. I think this yeah. guy just wants to fucking get paid, bottom line, and he's willing to go there. And you know what? Go fly in those planes that aren't really all that great. You can, I mean, what was it, a couple years ago? A couple of them went down. Rest in peace, Pavel Dimitra. And, I mean, they don't pay half their guys. If you guys get a chance, check out Ryan Whitney's article on the Players' Tribune where he talks about how much of a shit show that league is. And, I mean, yeah, you get paid, maybe, and it's tax-free and shit like that, but I don't I don't know. I'm, I definitely don't support that. My, my issue is he's electric and he's fast, but he's still, like, a third-liner. Nah, I, I mean, not, he, I think I, I think he I think he may be a top six guy, but I think the more of the point you're trying to make is maybe he hasn't proven it where he needs to like consistently. 
put up like 20 goals and then fucking talk to me about maybe going to Russia and then we'll pull out your paychecks. But guys got a lot of talent. And I just, I actually can't believe that there isn't an NHL team out there that's not willing to put forth a package, which shows me that one, the Red Wings don't want to pay them and two, the Red Wings don't want to trade them. So three, the Red Wings are going to have to kick rocks in this situation. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of shitty for Detroit fans and it's shitty for the Red Wings, but what are you going to do? Uh, also, another guy in the news, Sam Bennett, uh, talks with Calgary haven't been that great. Drager tweeted earlier today about there's a possibility of him going overseas, and then like a couple hours later he says he thinks he's going to stay. This guy's the fourth overall pick. Uh, pretty top player. I saw a chart of like... I forget what the chart essentially was, but it was, like, the most, like, productive players, I guess. And he was, like, in the top 25. And I don't really know much about this kid, but, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, we're going to get to this with Pasternak, but you just have to pay your top young players. McDavid and Drysaddle, they set, they set the bar. And I know they're two extremely elite players, but at this point in the NHL, if you have a young guy, you can get, like, the bridge deal, that's RIP, like, Forget about it. You are going to have to give them long-term and money and hope it works out. It's just the way it's going. And, yeah, it'll probably get fixed in a lockout or something, but for the time being, you just have to saddle up. He is productive. I don't know why they wouldn't want to sign him. They're going to have Monaghan and him for years. Yeah. Like, absolutely. And Gaudreau. As a one-and-two. That is that team's dream of having a one-and-two like that. And they have it, and they have Kachuk and Gaudreau on the wings. Like, they have A great pieces. defense. Yeah, I mean, part of the problem might be is they paid their, a little too much for their great defense, which might come back to bite them in the ass, but I don't know. Just pay the guy. like I Pay the guy, and don't pretend to go to Europe either. Like, Sam Bennett, you were the fourth overall pick in 2014. You're not riding planes in Russia like you talked about. And you know what, man? Like, I'm getting so sick and tired of these players. Like, even the college guys, like, it just happened with, uh, what's his name, Kerfoot and, uh, was it Butcher? Or whatever. And even with Kevin Hayes and Jimmy VC, like, obviously it worked out for me because I'm a Rangers fan. But, like, I'm getting so sick and tired of these players just, like, throwing hissy fits and they're like, yeah, I'm not going to go. Like, dude, you're in the fucking NHL, man. Yeah, and, you know, too, this is just a huge thing that's been bothering me. Will Butcher is not that sick. Like, I don't think he was, is either. Like, he's going to be, like, a sixth defenseman maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, talk. that was just, like, it's summer, it's slow. We need some media. We need some clicks. Let's hype this guy up. I'm not. I'm not dissing him because he's going to the Devils. I think that's a great pickup for the Devils. Like that's somebody they usually don't get, and it's somebody who wants playing time now. But like, why are we getting in a bidding war over a potential sixth pair or third pair D man? Like, who cares? And it kind of worked out because Kerfa, I'm pretty sure, was a Devils guy. And he went to Colorado. And I think Butcher was a Colorado guy, and he went to New Jersey. So essentially, kind of like yeah. A third. I think he played with Zajac's brother or something like that. At I fucking hate the Zajac brothers, dude. So fucking overrated. There's so many of them. It's kind of like the stalls. You hate families that are from Canada and pretend to live on a farm and have like four kids and ten dogs. Pretty much, man. Name one hockey family I can actually get behind. I can't really think of one. Do you not like big families in general? Because now I know you have an issue with Brian Boyle and he had like 25 brothers and sisters. Maybe, I'm an only child, man, so maybe it, go, maybe it kind of goes back to that. Like I'm kind of sick and tired of people just fucking talking about their siblings all the goddamn time. Break, breaking news, Ked is not a fan of families. No. Well, my uh, uh, very small families. I'll go small families. Other than that, fuck right off. Uh, moving on. Uh, speaking of Pasternak, uh, your boy Hal came out with a uh, blog not too long ago saying Bruins fans don't worry. There's there's no chance this isn't going to get done. Yada, yada, yada. Well, guess what? It is September 5th. 
Did I say September 4th earlier? I may have to fucking figure that out. But it's September 5th, and Pasternak's still not signed. Are you worried? Where's your shit meter at currently? Uh, I'm, like, constipated. Like, I might have to take an explosive shit eventually. But right yeah. now, I'm okay. Just because uh, a couple of years ago, they had Krug and Smith. They didn't sign them until training camp started. That was, like, mid-late September. They've done it before. They've also blown shit like this before, but... I don't even know I, what they're fucking holding out on, man. Like, Pasternak, if I, a comparable player, I would think, kind of like Tarasenko. Maybe not as good, but, like, similar. He's a fucking great player, dude. You pay those players. He's a great player. I guess the one thing that they're just going to say is that he played on arguably the best line in the NHL last year. Him, Marshan, and Bergeron. And maybe they think that inflated his stats. May, they may might just be nervous, like... Eight years, eight million is a lot, a lot, a lot of money for a guy who's had one big year. Do I think he's worth it? Yeah, I would hope he would be more near like seven million. But if they're fighting over like two or one years, because it seems like it's years that are an issue, that's dumb. I mean, like, I'm constipated and I probably should be more nervous. But at the back of my head, this is Cam Neely's job. Like, if he doesn't pull this off, he is going to be fired. There's not a chance he survives. And even though he has plenty of concussions, he's a pretty big meat stick. I have faith that Cam Neely, for once, can pull through. Please, Cam Neely, for once, pull through, because I am so sick of you. And you know what, man? If he doesn't pull it off, dude, if he doesn't pull it off, you guys can just bring off Samuelson in, because that guy knows how to get the job done. Uh, moving on to the next one. Old Samuelson doesn't know how to do shit. Uh, ask Cam Neely what he knows how to do. Uh, Shane Doan retires. Finally. Guy's been on the Coyotes forever. Uh... I respect the fact he was, I mean, I I tried looking up the list of, like, guys that have played more than five years in the NHL and spent their whole career with one team. I couldn't really find it. I kind of got a little bit. There's not many, man. This guy grinded it out through and through, year after year, with a dog shit fucking team, and he never really complained about it. He was the face of that fucking franchise. I think he's tough as nails. I've always been a Shane Doan guy. I think he's tough. Uh, he plays the game hard, right in your face. He'll fight if he needs to. He's a good leader. Calls it quits. What do you got on Donor hanging him up? Well, I don't know. He was a great player, and I always liked him. When I used to do, like, dynasty modes, I used to always put him on a line with a Gimlo, like, third line. And oh, just, wow. That's but a good line. He, uh, I kind of question the dude a little bit. Like, I I would like to think if I was in the NHL, I would try to stick with one team for eternity. Whatever team drafted me, I would literally love that team for the rest of my life. But, like... If there's one team that I would not stay loyal to, it's the Phoenix Coyotes or Arizona Coyotes. or Like, the organization's just been a dumpster fire. They've been owned by the league. They've never really had a chance. They had that one year where they made it to, like, the Western Conference Finals. God knows how. I I just don't know how you stick with such a shitty organization. It almost makes me question it. Like, did he want to win a cup? Like, did he really, really, really want to win a cup? Because he could have gotten out, and he knew he, wasn't gonna, he was not going to win a cup there. There wasn't a chance, like... Why did he not try to get out to win a cup? I just, like, again, like, swapping team after team kind of got annoying, but at least you knew his end game was he wanted to win that cup and you'd, like, respect it. So that's my one thing on Doan. My other thing on Doan is everyone says he's, like, the best teammate ever and such a great captain. And I have nothing against religious people. I'm, like, Catholic. I like the church. God, the big guy upstairs. You do? All right. I just I just don't know if I could get behind a guy who's so Catholic into 
God and religion and church. Like he doesn't swear. He's a, I don't know if that would get me pumped up. Like, I don't know if I'd want to hear like a scripture from Joseph the fifth or something like that in the locker room. I'd rather have a guy who was going to say, figure it the fuck out and scream at me for 15 minutes. I just don't know if he brought that and like he played in a losing organization his whole life. So maybe he didn't bring that. Maybe he was just a very nice guy in a shitty situation. I just don't, I don't think I'd want that as my captain. Like Adrian Gonzalez, we're going to talk baseball really quick. When the Red Sox blew like a ridiculous lead and missed the playoffs, he basically was like, oh, it wasn't in God's plan. Like if the superstar of my team or the captain of my team had a shitty performance that led us to failing in our season and then he said it wasn't in God's plan, I wouldn't want to step near that guy because I would freak out. No, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Uh, A couple things on this. One, Mike Fisher, also a huge God guy. Uh, made it to the Stanley Cup final, captain Mary Carrie Underwood. So these God guys really aren't doing too bad. Uh, two, loyalty, man. I question. I, I question how much God, God Mike Fisher really is. I think he's got a little not God guy in him. No way, dude. He, I think he's more God guy than Shane Doan. I don't know. I don't. Do you remember? Do you remember what, like when I was working out like religiously, and every morning I would send you guys like Ked three sixteen. Dude, you don't pull. You don't pull a girl as hot. Is Carrie Underwood without having a couple sins up your back? I mean, that's probably valid, but Carrie Underwood is also pretty big into God, too. So, I don't know. I'd rather not talk about God because I feel like it's a very sensitive subject. Uh, two, loyal, I, th- I think loyalty is huge. You don't see loyalty a lot, and I respect the fact that he stayed with his team throughout the entire time. I get where you're saying, is he trying to win a cup? I I think it all kind of makes sense. One, he's a God guy, so he's obviously very loyal to whatever he's loyal. doing. You know yeah, what I mean? That's just kind of it. Kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, I don't know. Let's, let's move on for that. Congrats, well, I do, Don. I do want to say though, I like from the bottom of my heart, wish that dude won a cup. Like I think he. Oh yeah, a cup dude. Man. He was so tough, man. He was so like, I loved him. I thought he was so gritty. Not, I thought he was like a Ryan Kessler, except for he wasn't like a dick all the time. I'm not mad at him. I'm mad for him. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Moving on. See you later, donor. Uh. Why do, why do uh, bad things happen to good people? Mike Ribeiro uh, retires after he had a relapse in December, and nobody has heard from him. I I mean, it couldn't happen to a better guy. Yeah, I don't... This is tough because I don't want to like push stuff on people who are relapsing or whatever's going on. But he was the worst to watch. Like, I hated him. If, if he was on the Predators during that cup run last year... I wouldn't have had any ability to root for them like I did. Like I just could not have hopped on that bandwagon. From his Montreal days, he just is a little fuck. He's all, didn't he like slap? He like assaulted a woman or something. Allegedly, I'm not sure if that happened. Allegedly, he's got gold chains on, and he looks like he should be on the Jersey Shore. I mean, I I wish the guy well because that's not something I would ever want to mess with or wish on anybody I love. But like, see ya. Yeah, I, I, I really could give two shits about Mike Ribeiro. Uh, I think he's just kind of a scumbag, and I I don't really care. I'm not wishing him good or bad. Just do your thing and kind of leave me alone. Uh, moving on. This one's one of my favorites. I blogged this the other day. Maple Leaf Scout went to uh, Buffalo, got drunk at a Green Day concert, stole a golf cart, crashed it into a vehicle, got arrested, and then refused a breathalyzer. I would love to meet this guy. Yeah, I mean, dude, I don't have anything but positive things to say about this guy. 
<laughs> Everything about this story is fucking perfect. I mean, you put Green Day there first in Buffalo, New York. So I'm assuming that was just a blackout scene. A lot of little bat, blue lights just being thrown around. Zumba's wearing, Bill's Mafia was in attendance. Holiday's playing, yeah. dude. Yeah, you got Holiday, that American Idiot album. Or if you go back to Dookie and their punk days, like that gets me going like no other. I'd run through a wall after that. Somehow, somehow he ends up, how does he go from a Green Day concert to stealing a golf cart? Like, I feel like golf and Green Day have never been said in the same sense. It's all location, so dude. He's in Buffalo. It just kind of works. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, golf cart. That's a, I mean, that's a pretty good move. He wasn't driving a car car. True. He's a little responsible. So, mix that in. He's not Ryan O'Reilly. Refuses the breathalyzer. Classic. Yeah, two of my favorite things about this is, one, it's the Green Day concert, and two, once he gets caught, he's like, I'm not, I'm not blowing into that thing. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a strategy that has worked for no one. So, <laughs> I mean, I just I love how drunk people just always assume that's going to pan out for them. But right, I mean, dude, I'm not going to blow on it. I'll be fine. I'll sleep this off in a couple hours. Okay, we're bringing you to the hospital to draw your blood. What? <laughs> so I mean, I mean, if you're the May Police, what do you do with this guy? You hire, I don't you know. I was wondering that too. This guy's got to be fired, right? I mean. There was that guy on ESPN, Canal, who just broke into a house when he was hammered. He didn't get fired, so I I don't think you have to fire him. Maybe you like send him to treatment through like the NHL system to have that set up for players like Cassian. Maybe you do that and pretend that he's getting better. Regardless, like young players, it's one of those things where when he's around them at first it's gonna be awkward, but two or three years from now when he's telling that story to the locker room and the team Everyone is loving it, dude. If I'm playing, if I'm playing in a hockey game and some guy's in the stands and I found out that he got drunk in a Green Day concert, stole a golf cart, crashed in, and refused a breathalyzer, and he wanted to talk to me, I'd probably ask for his autograph. <laughs> who do you? Who would you rather have scouting your players to get you the best fourth liners? I hope this guy scouts in like the WHL. I, <laughs> would you rather have a guy with a Harvard degree up in medicine hat, or would you rather have a guy? Oh, this guy. And it's not even close. It's not even close, dude. You know, he's going to scout you. He's going to be like, let me talk to you. He's going to bring you to a nice fucking Hooters or a nice tilt to kill. You guys are going to slam some beers, probably hit on the waitresses. You're going to be a little uncomfortable because he's probably definitely going to be overly aggressive towards them. But in the back of your mind, you're just like, holy shit, dude, this guy fucked. I, I honestly hope that he's a pro scout and that he was the guy that was like, went to the front office. He's like, guys, guys. We gotta spend a lot of money on Matt Martin because I feel like that's just right up his goddamn alley. For sure, for sure. This everything about this man. If you do get fired, or if anybody knows this guy and he, can, you can get us into contact with him. I would love to just talk to him and just shoot the shit and see what he has to say. Because I bet he's definitely a guy that you know he's for the boys. And I, I mean, I would play for him. Hey, Amen. All right, moving on. Thoughts and prayers of that guy. You're awesome. Uh. Eric Lindros's number was retired by, or it's going to be retired by the Philadelphia Flyers. I guess there was some like shit going on that where it wasn't going to get done, and there was some bad blood, and then they kind of like figured it out. We've talked about Lindros uh, on the show before, but if you're a new listener, Hal doesn't like Lindros. I thought if he never got hurt, he I, I think no doubt would have been a top five player all time. He was just he was like the Ovechkin before Ovechkin was there. And probably even more nails than Ovechkin was in an era where everybody was nails. He was just like the biggest nail gun there was. Yeah, I, I think part of it is just that, and he was a nail gun who had like the filthiest hands. Part of it is just that 
I mean, this is dating me. I'm too young, and older people are probably yelling at the radio right now. I just, I just remember him skating around with like a constipated look on his face. It looked like he had like five buckets of KFC chicken, and like he was all dinged up. He had stars in his eyes. He just wasn't that great of a player when I saw him. Like I missed his prime, and that's my fault. Like I guess, I mean, the hype he had coming out of juniors is like unparalleled. Kind of sucks that he wasn't that good. So I mean. Do I like the player? Not really. Do I know why? Not really. But I will say this. I like this. The Flyers don't retire a number until they're in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Good. So now we don't yeah. have – we have teams like Carolina, like, retiring, like, Brett Hedekin's number. Like, well, maybe I take that back. Maybe there are players that mean a lot to their organization. But sometimes I just feel like cough Patrick Elias. There's just a lot of players getting jersey jerseys retired that could be debatable at best dude the rangers are starting to get up there with all the fucking jerseys they're retiring it's getting ridiculous you've won two cups in how many years and you're just fucking throwing around jersey numbers like it's nothing that kind of bothers me i think it should be kind of like college football where if you retire a number and maybe this will take a while when all the numbers are retired like in order to wear a retired player's number you have to be like a superstar somebody's sick you know what i mean like it's like the number like in Notre Dame their sickest linebackers get five I'm trying to think there's so many other examples oh they like kind of pass the number down to like a really good player yeah the Wolverines have that uh 17 at Minnesota hockey like Blake Wheeler wore it Thomas Vanek wore it like it's a huge number I I think maybe if they did that it would be kind of cool but then other players would be like well now I'm never going to get retired I just think that's a cool idea when they pass it down the, like that. The like, only issue I would have with that is we've talked about this before. How many players have actually played their whole career with one team? Well, that's what I'm saying. It would be like a really special fucking thing. Yeah. Like if, like if the Bruins, like if there was a kid in the that was like 18 right now, and by the time he's like 28, he's a legend. He's still with the team. He's going to stay there. And they gave him like 37 in honor of Bergeron. I would think that was sick. Yeah. I wouldn't take it as like disrespect. No, so. f- fair enough. Uh yeah, I'm back to Lindros real quick. One of my like kind of earliest memories watching. He was a Ranger for a bit, and I remember him. He got lit up. Do you remember the defenseman Jason Doig? He was, I think he was like a like a half black dude defenseman, pretty pretty tough. He uh he lit up Lindros, dude, and it was like Lindros's number like fucking twelve conky, and like you knew it. Like he could barely skate back to the bench. He was he was fucked up. Didn't take a shift off. Went out the next shift. Fought Jason Doig. Kind of got pumped and probably got his 13th concussion. So the guy had a lot of heart behind him, and I've always respected Eric Lindros because of that. Yeah, as long as mommy and daddy took the shackles off. Fair. You're right, dude. That dude will throw. That's fair. Um, And then last thing in the NHL news, you kind of want to touch on this. Detroit's new arena, Little Caesars. Huh. Look, I don't, I don't care that it's like a big organization. They have the youth hockey team in Detroit. Has anybody in the history of the world ever walked by a Little Caesars pizza and been like, wow, let's stop there? Like, no, it's the worst shit in the world. It's so bad. Like, nobody eats Little Caesars. I find it so hard to believe. There's not a chance that people in Detroit go out of their way to eat Little Caesars because it's Detroit pizza. Like, I just think it's so fitting that their organization's so bad right now. And they had a legendary rink, and now they're in a new rink. And the dumpster fire is going into a dumpster fire name so they can have their crappy team with their crappy pizza in their bankrupt city with their miserable people. Maybe that's why everyone's miserable because they're pooping their pants because of Little Caesars all the time. Yeah, but isn't Little Caesars like very prolific in Detroit? Like, Don't they have a junior team, the Little Caesars team? Yeah, it's like midgets and that stuff. They place kids everywhere. I just don't get it. I don't get why. Maybe the owner just really loves hockey and I should respect that, but 
I just think it's wild. Like you'd see all these other like rinks and stuff. They're named after like famous banks, and then Detroit's coming in red hot with Little Caesars, hot and ready pizzas. I mean, when you're drunk at the fucking game, I'm sure Little Caesars probably isn't too bad. Could be better. Probably yeah. could be better. Definitely could be. Uh, so that's all we got for NHL in the news this week. We're not going to do voicemails because uh, we only had like one or two. Again, it's been a while. Uh, if you want to leave a voicemail with a question or a thought or anything along those lines, give 518-309-2595 a call and just leave a message. We'll play it on the podcast. We'll talk about whatever whatever it is you guys want to talk about. It's fun. We call it our puck bag segment, so just be on the lookout for that. Uh, we also have some interviews coming up. We had some interviews scheduled, but we had some conflicts uh, within getting those interviews, Hal. And we're going to figure out and try to get those people back on. We had a bunch all lined up, so I just have to reach out to those people. They were understanding, so hopefully we can get those guys back on. And then lastly, this week's three stars, what we're going to do is, uh, because hockey season's coming up, we are going to do our three stars of what we look forward to most with the hockey season coming up. Do you want to start off or do you want me to start off? I can start. Okay. All right. These are pretty simple. I thought of more perspective of me watching. My number one is, I mean, just doesn't matter. It's like a Monday. You've had the worst day ever at work. What's getting through that game for you is 7 o'clock game starts. You know what I mean? It's something to look forward to on a daily basis. Absolutely. The only thing that really keeps me alive, it's February. It's negative 15 degrees out. You hate your life. And all you can think about at lunchtime at work while you're reading through the pregame lineup or the pregame skate notes is that, thank God I have three hours to sit in front of a TV and do goddamn nothing. No, no, 100%. I mean, it kind of makes work day go kind of slow because that's all you're kind of thinking about. But as soon as you get out of work, you know that you're going to go home, you're going to get a nice bite to eat, you're going to sit down on the couch, maybe adjust your fantasy hockey lineup, and just get ready to drink a couple beers, sit back, relax. I, I watch every Rangers game, my old man. And, yeah, uh, 100%, 7 o'clock game time is awesome because then you get into bed early enough, too. Yeah, it's a perfect. Usually ends at, like, 9.30. I, uh, so I'm just going to follow that up and kind of transition. You mentioned it. My number two is right in the same boat. Beer on a weeknight. Oh, yeah. I feel like when, ho- when hockey's not in season, it's kind of tough. You open up a beer on a Monday night, and you're kind of like, mm, I probably shouldn't. I feel like a pretty big degenerate right now. But when hockey season comes around, it becomes okay when I go shopping on a Sunday to pick up a 30, and it's not for the next weekend. It's for, you know, the games throughout the week, and yeah. it's okay to drink a couple extra. You can pretend you're going to pace yourself. Sometimes my favorite is really get them all out of the way in the first period and then sip a couple on the second. By then, you're going to have a nice little slumber, so making beer drinking acceptable on a weekday. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, just a couple here and there. Uh, if your team's really rallying, you can start putting them back a little bit more. If your team starts losing really bad, you can start putting them you know, back a little more. Honestly, you're probably just going to drink a lot. I don't know what I was saying there. You're probably going to have probably, I don't know, five to eight beers during the course of a game, but that's fun. Yeah, when we drink, lose that drink. Uh, number three, once again, this is more on the viewing pleasure. I mean, there's nothing better than even on a weekend, no matter what day of the week it is, you crawl on the bed, you hit the TV on, you got a lip in, spitter in hand. Your team didn't play that night, but there's nothing better than passing out to NHL on the fly. Oh, Weeksy, it dude. The, it might be the worst show ever, and you love Weeksy, I know that, and there's a bunch of squids on that show. But, it, I mean, Catherine Tappen bringing you the daily highlights, 
You can just put it on repeat. It's like, on repeat. That's the best part is that it's on repeat. Like, you know, like, if I, if I tune in, like, 15 minutes in, my first thought is, oh, I missed those games, so I have to watch this whole episode to get to the next one. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, it kind of sucks. It's like the worst TV ever, and NHL Network really has me in a vice by the balls, but god damn it, do I love it. Yeah, I love the repeat. It just... That's so true. You get 15 minutes in, you're like, oh, well, I'll finish this 15, watch the next 15, and then maybe a West Coast game gets over and they throw in a couple highlights of those too. Super, super excited to see what shitty infomercials they're going to put in there this year to really keep the viewers going. Yeah, they always got the Farmers Only. Uh, the worst commercials ever. I love the fact that somebody at FarmersOnly.com thinks their demo is like us watching NHL Network at like 10 o'clock at night. I mean, tell me you haven't thought about getting an account once or twice in the day. Probably did. Probably. For, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that anymore. All right. Uh, my my three stars. First star, I always look forward to Sam Rosen to see if he's going to be on the up or the down this year. Again, I'm a big Rangers fan. Every year it seems like Sam just keeps, you know, turning his turning his chair a little bit sideways while he's watching the game. And then last year, I, th- I feel like he was watching the game just staring at a wall. Uh Love the guy, huge nose, always been a big fan, and the more, you know, lost he gets, the funnier it is. So, adds a little bit of Did entertainment. What? Was that him who got in an argument with Valcat last year? No, uh, I think that was Troutwig. Yeah. He was. called Troutwig bald, or something like that. Yeah. MSG's basically a retirement home, you got Dugay over there too. Dugay, hey, right shout out to Dugay, he's been favoriting our shit, so, he, I guess he, he pays attention. <laughs> Um, Love my, him. Oh, I will say, I will add too up to that is just Don Cherry's on that list for me too. Dude. I feel like one year he's gonna come out with like tubes in his nose and he's still gonna be spewing the same like anti-American shit, and I'm yeah. just gonna eat it up. I, I mean, he's he's gone full grandpa on us. Yeah, a hundred percent. It seems like it's overnight. And you know what, dude? I feel like everybody just kind of looks forward to listening to their home guys talk. Like I'm sure you probably miss Jack Edwards and Brick. I miss Sam Rosen, Joe Micheletti. The one guy I wish would do some Rangers TV shit is Dave Maloney. That guy is such a uh, like a homer. There, I forget. Uh, Zabinajad scored in the playoffs. I think it was in overtime. And he was like yelping on the radio. The guy just loves the Rangers, and I respect it. So, home. Yeah, two two things. Because now I gotta add that one. I've been watching Andy Brickley golf show, so I am desperate. Yeah. Two Sheriff Shane Knighty. Sheriff Shane Knighty, I did a tweet about him. I was supposed to write a blog. Maybe I'll still throw it out. He is a color guy for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, no, shit. And I can't goddamn wait. <laughs> I can't wait for Sheriff Shane Knighty. I think he's they're putting him in between the glass. So That's wait. awesome, man. Good for him. Okay, so hometown, whatever. Uh, second one, Mike Milbury and JR got to get got to get back together. It's been too long since the boys have been apart. Uh I miss those guys. When they're arguing, they're at their absolute peak. When they're getting along, they're at their absolute worst. Wednesday night rivalry night, you have the Sunday games, the weekend games, the Saturday matinee games, which I'm a huge fan of, when JR and Millberry are just hating each other. Uh, I miss that more than anything. And little Liam Q, that little guy, that little cute little guy, miss him, little, little nerd. He's perfect. He plays right into it. I, I don't know. I miss rivalry night. and I kind of like... Agree or disagree with me, when I'm watching, like, hockey games, like, yeah, normally I watch MSG or whatever, but if the Rangers are playing on, like, NBC or whatever, 
I kind of like watching NBC a little bit more just because I, th- I feel like NBC does more with what's going on the ice than what MSG does, if that makes any sense. Sometimes I do, and sometimes I miss, like, the homerism. Like, no. I, like, well, yeah, you like also have, homer. like, hardcore homers. We don't really have, like, hardcore homers. Yeah. No, but, I mean, I a lot of times what I'll do, honestly, is I will watch the game on our feed, and then intermission, I'll go over and watch them. I, That's a vet move. I, I think it's funny because <laughs> you would think that Milbury and Roenick, they might be like, all right, fresh start, new year, new me, but you know they've just been stewing. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Roenick's sitting in his chair drinking a Bud Heavy being like, God damn it. Remember when Mike said that last February? I'm going to crush him for that week one. One the, the first episode every year is always electric. Somebody has the hottest of hot takes, and it gets in this huge downward spiral. So week one, must-see TV. First opening night, they, they're ready. They oh, are yeah. ready. For sure. And JR's going to be a little bit cocky because uh, Charles Barkley in the playoffs was talking about how much he loves JR and how they're like boys and shit. So I can't wait to see his swagger in the booth. That'll be fun. <laughs> And then my third star is every single year the Rangers have one whipping boy, and over the last couple of years that whipping boy has finally been bought out, and he's on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who are the Rangers fans in the in the Rangers media going to whip this year? And it's going to be none other than Mark Stahl. I am looking forward to Mark Stahl being the whipping boy in Broadway, and I cannot wait until all these other Rangers fans that told me, oh, he's still a good defenseman, yada, 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 start hating him, and I can be like, yeah, I hated him like before I was born. I cannot wait. One thing that you guys are going to have to tune in, and I'm, I promise you I'm going to do this. This year, every time Mark Stahl turns the puck over, does something fucking stupid, does something to piss me off, I'm going to pause the game, videotape it, and I'm going to have weekly Mark Stahl blooper highlight reels, which I'm going to be releasing on the morning skate. I can't fucking wait. Oh, my God, I can't wait to, for that to happen. So that would be my third star. I love it. I love your intensity towards it, your pure hatred. Someday I hope you guys get in a room together. I do want to say, though, as an outsider, I'm super excited. I feel like the Rick Nash drama is just going to heat up this oh, year. Oh, is it not, dude? Come to, come the trade deadline, depending on what he's done so far? Woo. Wait, that's going to be, from an outsider's perspective, that's going to be, HF boards is going to be on fire. With oh, Rick big Nash time. And even during the playoffs, I think it was Mike Milbury was like, the Rangers need to be done with him. He clearly isn't producing. He's paying $8 million to be a good forward. I agree with everything you fucking said. But now the now the media is kind of like getting on him as as I was. I, listen, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but what, normally when I call call something the way I see it, it's normally 100 percent right. And I think this year it's just gonna really just prove my point that Mark Stahl's a piece of shit, and Rick Nash should be making no more than 3.25 million dollars a year. Oh, that'll be fun! I can't wait! I can't wait for the fireworks at MSG. Big time! The real number. Uh, so now life has kind of settled down. We're going to try to get back into the whole weekly podcast thing. Uh, I mean, we still have shit going on. We still have jobs and stuff like that. So bear with us. Uh, we're trying to get a couple new bloggers in, come and help us out this year. We're going to have our other bloggers in on podcasts. I think that's the biggest thing is normally when Hal bails, I I just kind of call it quits where I probably should just call somebody else and be like, Hey, do you want to do the podcast? So I'm going to try to start doing that a little bit more. Uh, we have a business meeting scheduled Monday, see how that works out. And, uh, yeah, Hal, anything else? Have a good September, guys. I'll see you soon. Yeah, I'm actually going to play us out with Wake Me Up uh, When September Ends by Green Day. Shout out to that scout. Summer has come and passed The innocent can never last Wake me up 
when September ends.